0: Join us each week to meet senior living experts and inspirational seniors who are following their dreams. The fact is, we're all aging, so why not do it in style? Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Aging in Style with Lori Williams. Um, Today we are talking about music therapy and how that works with dementia and with um, seniors in general with aging. And we brought on an expert today. Her name is Dr. Nikki Cohen. And I'm just going to have her tell us all a little bit
1: about herself and her background. So welcome, Nikki. Hi, Lori. Thank you for inviting me. It's really an honor to be asked to do this. I have been a music therapist since 1978. So, oh. a long time, uh, right when there weren't too many of us around. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just retired from teaching music therapy at Texas Woman's University a year ago. And now I have a private practice in music therapy. I work out of a separate office. And then um, I also am a certified Tomatis practitioner. And so I have begun seeing Tomatis clients as well. I'm still working just as hard. I'm just working, doing clinical work <clears throat> yeah. instead
0: of teaching. Well, wonderful. Well, tell us for people who don't really know much about music therapy, and, and a lot of people aren't very familiar with it. So tell us what, what exactly
1: is music therapy? Well, music therapy is a profession that has been formal since 1950. That's when it was first formed, and it is a an approach, uh, a music-centered approach, where one uses music to connect with clients. And there are many different types of clients um, that you would find, but we'll focus on people with memory impairments, uh, people with dementia. So. Uh, music therapist would bring in the types of musical experiences that would help facilitate memory, long term memory. Uh, oftentimes people are able to remember the words of a song because it's, they're stored somewhat differently than just conversational speech. And so even if people are having trouble with speaking conversational speech, such as aphasia, which is common in dementia, they are able to keep the fluency going with the singing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not until a person with dementia is farther along in the dementia process that they cannot sing anymore, quite far along. Music therapy, so it's used to uh, stimulate memory Uh, because lots of times people will be able to remember their childhood or their adult years from the singing of certain songs that are familiar to them, Mm -hmm. as opposed to being asked questions. It's also used for, in the Tomatis method, it's used with people with dementia to help keep the brain healthier, Mm -hmm. uh, because the Tomatis method focuses on building up the brain and, and its ability to to pay attention and focus Mm -hmm. by using uh, two different kinds of ways to transmit sound through the bones in the face and also through the air. And um, it's quite complicated, I found out in studying it. But basically, people listen to music and the music shifts between high and low pitches and Louder and softer. Basically, you're teaching your brain to expect the switches or to get ready for when the switches occur. And so the brain learns to respond in a way that it hasn't responded before. At first, uh, there's a treatment that's used primarily through recorded music and headphones mm-hmm. that MODIS is done. And it's used not only with people with dementia, but also children on the autism spectrum really respond well to this mm-hmm. approach. So that, that's something else that I do. Getting back to music therapy, which is what you asked, I've noticed that people with dementia really enjoy movement-type experiences, and the movement can be quite free in its uh, styling. It, I'm not talking about dancing. I'm talking mm-hmm. about moving different ways to music. And they seem to really like the stimulating music, mm-hmm. uh, especially music of their young adult years. Mm-hmm. And uh, they will laugh. They'll get up and start dancing. They'll, they'll be eye contact and a change in, in emotion from using more stimulating music and allowing movement to occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's used.
0: So the way it's like the memory of music is stored. So like for me, if I hear a song from, you know, 1974, it takes me back to my childhood and it just brings back a memory. Like, you know, I can remember the house we lived in, you know, just certain things about my childhood. So that is even with dementia, the same thing happens if they hear a song from when they were eight years old. It brings all those memories back.
1: Exactly. Exactly because long-term memory, as you know in dementia, is stored more than the short-term memory. We lose the short memory almost entirely, Um, but the long-term memory is still there. It just needs different triggers to uh, stimulate it. And music is a wonderful trigger to stimulate memory Mm -hmm. and reminiscence. It allows people to reminisce about more pleasant times in their life. Mm-hmm. And if they're living in the more pleasant times, if which often happens with dementia, then you can bring in music that fits where they are, mm-hmm. whether they're back as a mother or as a teacher or whatever. Uh, you can find the music that, that will help them feel, have a better quality of life.
0: So when you have a new client, say someone comes to you and they want you to help their mother or father with dementia, do you
1: find out like what were their favorite
0: types of music. That's one of the first
1: things. There are two facts about music therapy that music therapists are taught and memorized. Mm -hmm. And that is that people tend to prefer music that is preferred, that is familiar. Mm -hmm. And they will respond better to preferred music than they will to music that's not uh, known to them. So rather than trying to teach a new song to someone with dementia, I would use a song that they know. Mm-hmm. So I would find out what their musical preferences are, a list of songs that they, the child knows that they like, maybe a music that they listened to when they were children and the parents were you know, mm-hmm. playing it at home or making music with them. The second fact is that people respond better when you use live music. As opposed to recorded music. Really? Yes, much better, much better. So I would definitely create all the music live, whether it's on a keyboard or a guitar or a cappella, however it is, because people can see you making the music, they can hear you making the music, they can feel the vibration of the music, and, and there's so much more connection. That we establish musically with people when we yeah. do it live. That's so, so interesting. Uh, yes. Yes. So live and preferred music, the music therapist. That's our motto that we use.
0: <laughs> Perfect. So you would so when you start coming to meet with someone, do you do like the therapy? Is it like a weekly therapy or what how does that usually look?
1: Usually a weekly therapy. And in the case of dementia, it's not. The goals are not goals that would reverse the dimension. That would be ridiculous um, and and frustrating for everyone. Mm -hmm. It would be to meet the person where they are right now and to bring in music that would be meaningful to them right now that they would enjoy and, and not asking them to do tasks that they're not able to do that would be frustrating. Yeah. So using songs and asking, you know, giving them the Option to sing along, or just to listen, or they might be able to play an instrument along with it, depending upon where they are in, in their course of dementia. Um, and giving them a lot of musical choices, so mm-hmm. they're not expected to do one thing. In that way, it's very different than music education, mm-hmm. where you're trying to teach music and musical skills. You're using music and and all of the energy and meaning that it has to connect with. The individual mm-hmm. and help the individual connect with themselves. So it's
0: really to just bring some joy and happiness um, to their lives. And I'm wondering, does it sometimes calm people who may be a little agitated with dementia?
1: Yes, it works very well. It's a distractor. Music is a distractor. And it's also helps relax people. So if I'm working and have work, with people who, with dementia who have gotten agitated, for example, mm-hmm. which is quite common, I would change the music and make it more soothing, probably put it in, in a, a triple meter and sing music that they know, but that's softer and more gentle to help just naturally relax them.
0: Yeah. And then would you bring in the, you mentioned the Tomatoes method? Is that how you pronounce it? The Tomatoes. You, you did great.
1: Tomatoes. I would use that for people, I think, especially in the earlier stages of dementia, mm-hmm. also people who have brain injury of one sort or another, to help them use the full capacity of the brain that they do have by helping them train the muscles and, of course, the brain itself, which doesn't have any muscles, to expect what is going to happen, to anticipate what is going to happen and to respond to it. Mm -hmm. And that's why Tomatis is so wonderful, because you don't know when the music is going to change. Mm -hmm. And so you build up, as we know, tasks tend to be learned better if they're taught not on a regular basis, but you don't know when you're going to be asked to do the task. Mm -hmm. It tends to be grounded in better than the other way around.
0: So I crossed paths recently with a gentleman who shares my passion for seniors. His name is Jimmy Zolo, and he shared with me that after both of his grandparents had moved into a senior care community, his family's world was just turned upside down as they became caregivers overnight. As you know, being a caregiver to someone close to you is often overwhelming, and there's just so much for you to manage, even with the support of living in a senior care community, like making sure your loved one has all the products they need and keeping them stocked when stuff runs out. Well, Jimmy had that problem too. And he was scrolling through all of these product reviews across the internet. And like most of us in the sandwich generation, we don't have enough hours in the day. So it can end up being way too time consuming and frustrating. He wished there was a simpler way to shop for his grandparents. And then of course the pandemic hit which prevented visitation to the communities making this process even more difficult. So Jimmy decided to launch his own business to solve this problem. He founded Joe and Bella to make shopping for older adults simple. They carry everything from comfy clothes to creative gifts. They even have toiletries that can be automatically reordered and tech that makes caregiving easier. And what I love and I know y'all will love this too is that each and every product on Joe and Bella has been carefully selected by by caregiving experts. Jimmy is giving us an exclusive offer for the listeners of this podcast. You can use promo code STYLE to receive 10% off your first purchase at joeandbella.com. That's code S-T-Y-L-E, STYLE, for 10% off at joeandbella.com. So... If someone wanted to, to have a music therapist come to their loved one, is it something that's covered by Medicare or insurance, or is it a private pay sort of thing at this point?
1: Some insurance companies will cover music therapy, mm-hmm. especially if the music therapy is uh, part of what the facility offers mm-hmm. and can can fit under some of the services that the facility already offers. Lots of times, uh, music therapists won't be covered by insurance. And Medicare, we've not had a lot of luck with. Part B hospitalization, a little bit, Mm -hmm. a little bit, but uh, under the mental health area, Mm -hmm. as opposed to geropsych or memory care. Yeah. So, music therapists do best if they just try these private insurance companies and see how they respond. Some of them will surprise you. They will pay for it. Mm-hmm. And some of them won't. But parents or children of people with memory loss often will pay to have someone come in and work with their parent because it brings them such joy and mm-hmm. meaning. Um, and it's one of the other areas that we haven't discussed yet is um, our emotions, that it allows someone to express themselves when they might not be able to do so in text, but they can express themselves either through playing of an instrument or through singing. Mm -hmm. And it it might be expression that's sad. It might be an expression that is lonely or feeling abandoned, but very important to get out. So music therapists will allow that and will support if someone is improvising musically, mm-hmm. um, they will support that and kind of back them up so that they can have they have somebody there with them. Also. So like,
0: how does that actually work bringing out their emotions? So you said if they they could improvise, so if they're singing or playing an instrument, is that what you mean? Sometimes,
1: I mean, we all need to express our emotions, Mm -hmm. we all have a a need to get them out. And oftentimes in dementia, those emotions are stored up from a lifetime, Um, especially those areas that have not been resolved for the individual. And so if the individual is not allowed or given the opportunity to work through some of those emotions, not the rational part of it because they can't understand it, Mm -hmm. but the actual expression of the emotions, that's going to cause them to regress faster. Mm. And I'm quoting now Naomi File and all of her wonderful work in validation therapy, where she talks about, you've got to give them the opportunity to resolve the issues they hadn't resolved before, or they're going to continue to regress. And so in music therapy, if I see someone, for example, start to cry due to the music, I will continue not in a cruel way, but in a very soft, gentle way to allow them to feel what it is that they're they're feeling. And and then I, I might ask some questions that are easy for them to answer. Questions where I provide a certain number of answers and they can pick from the answers I've given them, such as members of their family or a relationship when they were younger or something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: And then allow them to get that emotion.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And to talk about it in a way where they're not really capable of rationalizing about it, but they can identify the people and they can feel. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, as Naomi File says, they think through feelings.
0: So like if if someone started crying when you're playing a song, you might, you know, say to them, would you say like is does this make you think of your mother or is like something like that? Is that the kind of question you would ask? Or? first of all, I would make
1: sure that it's okay with them that I keep singing okay song, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm not cruel yeah. um, and <laughs> <laughs> punishing them in any way. But lots of times People just need to cry. And it's it's interesting that others will start to cry as well Uh. when one person is sort of allowed that expression. And if it's okay, and and I'm very gentle with it, you Mm -hmm. know, I remember once a student put on Unforgettable, the Nat King Cole and Natalie King Cole, Mm -hmm. Well, everyone in the room got up and walked out. These were all people with memory loss. And they all got up and started to cry and walked out. Okay. So that was way too strong for them.
0: Yeah. And it and was recorded. Yeah.
1: You know, when we do it live, you can establish the eye contact, you can sing it very softly, you can slow it down, you can put the person's name in there. Mm-hmm. You can do all kinds of things to make it more intimate for them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I definitely see that. What, what you mean that you know, doing it live would
1: make a lot more sense, would connect more with them.
0: Absolutely.
1: Right. You can modify it so much more. You could just play it and not sing it. You could just, you know, play the melody. And there's all kinds of things you do to minimize the impact of it, but still allow them to feel a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: So you just gauge how they're reacting to how you continue on with the music. Exactly.
1: It's, uh, it's, by mm-hmm. it's by the moment. It's by the moment. It's what they need. Mm-hmm. And uh, a therapist's intuition in regards to how to provide that music mm-hmm. that will help them with what they need at that moment.
0: That's wonderful. That's so interesting. I, I love what you do. That's so great.
1: Oh, and music therapy is, is great. It's, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful profession.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: And a lot of music therapists work in memory care.
0: Do they have any that are work in a memory care, like for the memory care, or they just come in as, as a service or an add-on type of
1: thing for therapy? Mm-hmm. Some music therapists are hired as activity directors, and they do music therapy as part of the total services that are offered. Mm-hmm. Some come in just to work on certain aspects of memory care. It depends on the facility and what they want. But obviously, the people with, with memory care Are In memory care, facilities are usually the most miserable. Mm -hmm. And and so you want to give them something that's going to help their quality of life in any way you can. Mm -hmm. And music therapy does. And there's a lot of research that's been done Mm -hmm. on music with people uh, with dementia and how well it works for them when other approaches may not get to them.
0: Mm Hmm. can see that. And I I think it's so interesting, I'll see, you know, sometimes I think we've all seen things on Facebook or whatever, where they'll show someone just start playing the piano, they may be, you know, they have dementia, and they are playing the piano, like, I mean, they played when they were 25. So that memory is just stored, like you said, it's stored differently so that they can retrieve it and still play the piano or whatever instrument.
1: Right in the cerebellum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's Right, or in the motor cortex. Mm-hmm. And so their muscles remember how to make that song. Um, and, and a lot of people can remember their, their muscles know where to go. Mm-hmm. They can sit down at the piano and play, even if they're having trouble keeping a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, that skill does go yeah. um, with regression. That ability does go. But as long as it's there, whether it's a violin or a ukulele or a banjo or a guitar or whatever it is, the music therapist should incorporate it mm-hmm. into the setting, you know, because it, it gives them an identity. Yeah. and a way to express. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. So you can do music, music therapy all the way through with dementia. Once they're towards the very like end stage of dementia, the end of their journey, are you still able to do some music therapy just maybe to give them some comfort? Or how does that usually look?
1: Yes. Well, music therapists work in hospice care. And a Mm -hmm. lot of times people in the later stages of dementia will receive music therapy services in hospice care. um, And one is just to connect with them in any way mm-hmm. you can. Getting up close, maybe touching the arm, the person's arm, or putting your face so they can see your face. Give them a cost to want to open their eyes, especially if you've got music going. Mm-hmm. They may open their eyes much more with the music playing than if they're just there in the vegetative state. Mm -hmm. And there's a beautiful, beautiful video on YouTube of Naomi File with a woman who's in what's called the repetitive motion stage Mm -hmm. of dementia where people will make one motion over and over and over again. And it's the repetition of that motion which allows them to express themselves. Sometimes they scream or yell, Mm -hmm. which is quite distracting for other people, sometimes they rock, whatever it is. And she was with a woman named Mrs. Wilson. And she showed all of these beautiful skills as far as putting her face right near Mrs. Wilson's face, beautiful eye contact, touch, everything. I won't give it away. Everyone should take a look at that, it's on YouTube. Naomi File, F-E-I-L. And at the end, you are going to cry. I guarantee it. You're going to cry because of what she gets out of Mrs. Wilson and how meaningful it is for Mrs. Wilson. Okay. That's in the later stage Mm -hmm. of dementia. Also, I had a student, a student who works hospice, and she keeps me up on the latest things. Mm -hmm. Her thesis project was to use sensory stimulation and music to see if she could get responses from people in more vegetative states. And she did. Uh, with a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the people in vegetative states, when she added olfactory stimulation, mm-hmm. rubbing, you know, doing something with the skin, she would have a a theme like date night that was mm-hmm. one of her themes I remember because she made these little wonderful little panoramas for each one of them, and she would have coffee, the coffee beans. Mm-hmm. So the person, you know, you might go out for to the coffee house. The coffee shop and and the person could smell freshly roasted coffee. She would make sure that they didn't spill, it; that mm-hmm. it wasn't in that kind of uh, situation that had a top on it and blah, 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 but they smelled it. And then she would talk about a kind of uh, fabric they would wear, the women, yeah. when they went out on a date and she would pass the fabric around so they would feel it and look at it, which oftentimes brought about a lot of response, laughing, yeah. smiling, you know, brought back some memories, of lots of memories. She would do a number of song titles or famous sayings or song lyrics that have to do with dating. Like when you wore a tulip, a sweet yellow tulip, and I wore a big red rose. Now it's it's primarily the lyrics from a song in the 50s mm-hmm. that people are responding to because that's when they were young Mm -hmm. and in their 20s and late teens Um, and so she would maybe leave one word out and I wore a big red and oftentimes some people will be able to fill it in because it's automatically stored those song lyrics are stored in a different part of the brain than conversational speech Mm -hmm. and then she will sing or you know, music involves those, those kind of lyrics. So she had a number of different themes. That was one of them. Date night. I'll never forget how wonderful that was, and the response. Got, the responses she got were just amazing. So
0: that's very clever. I think that's that's amazing. Well, I, I love the story you told also about. You said Naomi File was that it, and Mrs. Wilson. Yes. Yes. I'm going to look it up and I'll post it on my Facebook because I want everyone, I'm going to go watch it. Yay. (laughs) And I'm sure cry. Oh, Make sure you have some Kleenex. I will for sure. I can't wait to see it. Well, I I
1: so appreciate you. There was one more thing I wanted to say to everybody. You have to be trained to do music therapy. Anyone can do music. Mm -hmm. And we all love music. And we don't own music. Nobody owns music, but to do music therapy, you have to be trained. Mm -hmm. And people who put headphones on the ears of persons with dementia are not doing music therapy. Mm -hmm. They may do something that makes the people happy because they may be listening to songs that they recognize, but it's not music therapy. Mm -hmm. It's not like how I've been describing it.
0: Yeah, it's not live. It's not reading them and interactive like that. Right. Right. So just wanted to clarify that. Good. I'm glad you did, because I know a lot of people, and and myself included, probably thought that initially, you know, that it's just headphones and and wasn't, you know, live
1: music, like you said. So that's why
0: I'm so glad you were on today.
1: Excellent. And I wanted to say one more thing to your listeners. Sure. My father had Alzheimer's. And so I know what it's like, you know, I went through it, the whole thing, Mm -hmm. all those years. And I never saw anything better than music for him because he was able, he was scat singing the whole time. He just always loved to do that. And it just became more and more as he couldn't talk anymore anyway. So I do know what it's like.
0: You've had the personal experience. So you understand. I sure have.
1: Yeah. Yes. Well,
0: thank you so much for being on. And we'll have your contact information as well um, after the podcast so that people can reach out to you if they want to learn more about musical therapy or the Tomatis method. (laughs) And uh, yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, as always, I thank everyone for listening in. And information is on my website, which is dot seniorservicescom And if you have questions, want to know more about music therapy, we'll definitely connect you with Dr. Cohen. So thank you so much. Bye-bye.